It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The Orlando Magic need a lot of things. Despite a successful season, there is a lot for this team to do, but a lot of what the Magic are going to do isn't going to come externally. How the Magic will focus inwardly once again to get better. It's time to focus on Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. you are indeed locked on magic today is april 21st 2023 my name is philip rossmanike i'm the expert insight editor over at magicdaily.com of course follow me on twitter at philip rr underscore omd on today's episode of locked on magic we're going to talk about the magic's outlook for the offseason the needs this team have and why it's not necessarily going to come from outside the franchise we're going to dive into that and some of the things jeff fultman said at exit interviews last week Coming up here in just a moment. First, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. It's easy to, to, to look at this season uh, and look at where the Magic are and say, it's time to strike. It's time to do the big move. It's time to go into free agency. And, and I'm not going to argue that that's necessarily wrong, but it's, I think it's not completely right for this team and for what this team hopes to do and hopes to accomplish. This season was an unmitigated success. It, it, it was, it was, a comp- not a complete success, because obviously there's there's still more room to grow, but this season was a successful one for the Orlando Magic. They are looking at their year. They are thrilled with the things that they've accomplished. They are eager to see what happens next. They're eager to see this team continue to grow, continue to develop, and, and continue to expand itself to get better in, in so many ways. This is a season of growth. They saw what their young players could do. They saw them develop. They saw them get better. They saw them win for a change. Going 29 and 28 over the last 57 games, a significant amount of time to make us believe that, okay, this is a 500 team. If not for the injuries at the start of the season, the Magic the magic would have made the play-in tournament. And I'll argue about where I think the Magic should focus their resources in the second segment of the show. But, obviously, the Magic are sitting home today. They're not getting ready for games three and four in their playoff series. They're not coming off a a play-in tournament loss or whatever it may be. The Magic season ended at game 82. And no matter how optimistic we want to be about this season and about this team, 
it should be abundantly clear they still need things. They are not a finished product. And while, yes, it feels very certain that this Magic has a foundation set with Paolo Bencaro and Franz Wagner, two future All-Stars and two very young players, as well as solid play from Wendell Carter, Markel Fultz, uh, Jalen Suggs, even Cole Anthony, they have a core group of guys that are still so young that are worth developing. And then adding in veteran a veteran like Gary Harris, they have a roster that feels malleable, but still fairly set. And so as the Magic look to their offseason now, they have to ask themselves a couple of major questions. What are our needs? And then more importantly, how do we fill them? Now, Jeff Weltman, being the ever-present general manager and, and executive that he is, is not going to close the door to anything. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that if the right trade comes along, if the right upgrade comes along, that anybody on the Magic's roster, probably save for Paolo and Franz, aren't available. If Damian will get traded and he looks at this Magic team and says, I can make them a championship team in the same way that Cleveland and Mitchell is a potential guy to take them over the top, you do the deal. You make it happen. Your window is only open for so long that when it's open, you got to go through it. And I, and I don't think the Magic's championship window is open, but that playoff countdown, that championship countdown is ticking already. Franz Wagner will get his big contract in a couple years. Paolo Bancaro is only after his rookie year, but you got that seven You got seven years now to figure it all out and to, 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 to convince a, a, a talent like him to stay. And, and you got to be thinking about these things a little bit. The Magic cannot simply sit on their hands and hope that this team develops into the championship team. However, what was clear from what Jeff Weltman said during exit interviews and, and what he's kind of talked about is you can't discount, yes, the Magic desperately need shooting. Yes, the Magic have skills that they've got to add to their to their mix, but... Weltman also made some really interesting points, and I think it's points that he's made plenty of places. It's points that Jamal Mosley's made places as well. So much of what this team needs is experience. Yes, adding a shooter or two would help. Yes, adding a star player would help. But what this team needs as much as anything else is to have been through the fire once, to feel comfortable in those scenarios and situations and to be able to go through it again, to be able to do it again, to be able to put themselves uh, in comfortable positions and situations that would otherwise be uncomfortable. The things the Magic struggled with this year, turnovers, uh, turnovers especially, the late game poise, uh, being able to handle injuries and little setbacks throughout the year, having the same intensity every single night, no matter who your opponent is, those are things that young teams go through. And so when you look at the Magic's profile, you see, a, yes, a team that needs to add shooting. We're not going to deny it. We, we've talked about it plenty with our draft prep already. My goal for draft night, regardless of who the Magic pick, regardless of what picks they end up having, they need to come away with a shooter on draft night. Whether that's a veteran, whether that's a rookie, they need a shooter. They need shooters. We're going to talk about it so much. They need shooting. They need shooting. They need shooting. Their three-point volume was simply not sustainable enough for a good offense. 
They need to take, they need to make four threes. And so, obviously there's that need, but how much of that need can get filled within the roster? How much of that need can get filled with Franz Wagner becoming a better shooter? Paolo Bancaro becoming a better shooter. Jalen Suggs becoming a better shooter. Cole Anthony continuing his improvement as a shooter. Getting Gary Harris the ball a little bit more. Trusting each other with the pass a little bit more to get those open shooters. Knowing when to drive, how deep to drive, and when to pass out of that drive to get the ball working around the horn. So much of the Magic shooting problems are about youth and not knowing how to read the defense properly to set up open shots. And how much is that growth, that development, going to help the Magic get more threes, take more open threes, hit more open threes? These are real questions. And so the Magic this summer, with all the resources that they have, are not necessarily focused I think, yes, they're focused on adding to this team. Um, there, there's a lot that needs to be added to this team. And and, and there are, you know, I'll, I'll go over some of the needs that I have and some of the things on my wish list for the Magic's offseason here in a bit. But there are so many things that this Magic team needs, but all of it is predicated on this one big thing. On individual growth and internal growth within the roster and using that experience to their benefit. This season was meant to be a year of growing pains. Next season will also be a year of growing pains. A year of learning, of developing, of improving. Of, yes, going from level A to level B and now to level C. It's going to be a process. Yeah, the, you know, the Magic could make that big move that puts them into, into a higher plane and into higher expectations. I'm not sitting here saying that that's not possible. If that opportunity comes along, the Magic have to explore it. And if it's the right deal, they have to execute it. It's not time to sit on your hands. I know I'm kind of advocating for it because I think a lot of what the Magic have is workable. And I'll argue in a sec what I think is the next, kind of the the overarching theme of this offseason. But if the opportunity to get significantly better comes around, if there's an opportunity to upgrade in certain positions that isn't so costly, you do it. You push this team forward. You can't just sit on your hands and expect the team to just roll over and get better. Change, addition, is necessary. And the Magic certainly have the assets, whether it's their draft picks, whether it's their cap room, to add to this roster. But even though those additions are necessary, even though adding those players are necessary, so too is experience and internal growth. So, too, And as we look ahead to this offseason, to me, it's not about the big moves the Magic make. I don't even expect the Magic to make humongous moves. What I expect the Magic to do this year, this offseason, is to continue building on their foundation. That means fostering individual growth and allowing individuals to grow, to show us their improvement but also adding in key places and in key areas. And we're going to talk a little bit about those key places and key areas coming up here in just a moment. First, it's time to name our Nissan Aria Player 
of the week. The most electric player of the week. It's brought to you by the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. Our player of the week is going to go to one of our good friends. Because us small markets, we got to stick together. And so I want to give our most electric player of the week to the most electric, electric crowd the NBA has seen all year. Kudos to you, our Beamers over in Sacramento. Like the Beam, Sacramento fans, Golden One Center showed out in games one and two this past week, energizing the Sacramento Kings to a 2-0 series lead. And while they did give up a game, did drop a game, every young, everyone's going to have a bad shooting night. The Sacramento Kings certainly look like favorites now to dethrone the defending champion Golden State Warriors. And after 17 years being out of the playoffs, the Sacramento crowd brought electric energy. They were stunningly powerful, and they did, they did the thing. And certainly us small market teams, we got to stick together. We're not the destination cities that some of these other places are. We're excited to see Sacramento success and look forward to playing them in the NBA Finals in 2025. Yeah, I said it. Uh, get, get used to it, NBA. It's going to happen. But in all seriousness, watching Sacramento's crowd made us so excited for what the Amway Center is going to be like when we return to the playoffs and bring that energy, just like we did back in 2019. Uh, finally getting back to the playoffs and finally having what feels like a really strong future. And that's the kind of strong future that the 2023 Nissan Aria gives you. It gives you pin you to your seat power and premium intelligence all in one EV. The all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria, the EV for people who love to drive. Shop now at NissanUSA.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, we're beginning to think about free. We're beginning to think about the off season and what the Magic need. And look, <laughs> we've hit you ad nauseum. The Magic need to add shooting. I'm going to repeat it here <laughs> because it's the 15th time I probably said it in the last, you know, 15, 14 minutes of this podcast. The Magic needs shooting. <laughs> um, they, you know. They were, what, 23rd in the league in three-point field goal percentage, 26th, 27th, 28th, I think, at three-point field goal attempts. Um, I, I, I'm a big advocate of this. I, I am not, like, a heavy three-point shooter. I don't think every team needs to shoot 35 three-pointers. I think the Magic this year really found a good balance with their three-point shooting, shooting about 30 per game. Um, that, was a, that was the right amount for this team. Unfortunately, the way the Magic played defense, they gave up so many threes that they exposed themselves to really get hit hard by the three-point math. And, 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 I, and I've gone over this in previous podcasts. I, I, I recently wrote a post about it as something that went wrong. The Magic have a three-point math problem. Um, and, and, and if they're going to keep playing defense the way they're playing defense, if they're not going to layer on some, some, some uh, tweaks to, to, to try and defend the three-point line a little bit better to give up fewer attempts, then the Magic got to be a team that increases their volume even just a little bit, even by four or five threes a game. If they can make two, you know, if they can up their percentage a little bit, 
you know, make five more threes on five more attempts. And again, that's that's asking a lot. That's a big that's a big leap. That changes this team's offense, and that changes this team's outlook uh, uh, fairly significantly. Um, I, I, I really, you know, again, I, I'm not. I don't think that there is a magic number for the Magic to reach on three point attempts. But the way things worked out last year, it, it clearly didn't work. And, and obviously, to be successful, to give Paolo Bancaro the space he needs to attack, Franz Wagner the space he needs to attack. The Magic need more floor spacing. They need more shooting. And so I, I do think that as the Magic look at players, as the Magic look at guys that they're hoping to add to their roster, it starts with it starts with shooting. We talk about it on the on the draft. We'll do our daily spin in our third segment today. Um, again, my goal on draft night trade, whether it's by draft, the Magic need to come away with a shooter. Um, and and they need to have someone who, you know, is going to be a bit of a volume shooter. Why? You know, I don't think the Magic are going to be in the running for Fred VanVleet um, because they're not going to push themselves out to that salary number that he's looking for. But why did Fred VanVleet seem so attractive? Well, it's because he's a volume three-point shooter. He will pull up and take eight threes a game. You know, the Magic, I think, were led this year, uh, led this season in three-point attempts by, I think, Gary Harris, who's at like four they need a guy that's going to take six, seven, eight threes a game. Um, every team has a guy like that. You know, Terrence Ross was kind of that, um, but wasn't super efficient at it. You know, you need a guy that's going to take eight threes a game, make three. Terrence Ross was taking six, seven threes, making maybe two. Um, again, you just you just need a guy that's going to be a constant three-point threat and even one off the dribble, which the Magic certainly do not really have. Like Cole Anthony kind of does it, but not really, you know. That's, again, why Gary Trent Jr. is a potentially attractive free agent because he's going to take six, seven threes a game. Um, whether you bring him off the bench or you start him, he's going to take six, seven threes a game, and he's going to have games where he makes a bunch of them. The Magic don't have that guy who can make threes in bunches and really kind of push your team up a notch and up a level. And again, that's something I talked a little bit about yesterday with Cole Anthony, why I think he could be a playoff X factor because he can, his score, he can score in bunches, but he's not a three-point shooter. So... I'm not going to sit here and pretend that the biggest skill need the Magic have isn't three-point shooting. What I would like to argue, though, and, and I know I've gone way deep into my segment here before I get, get to my point, but what I would like to argue, and, and I'll maybe expand this argument a little bit um, uh, later, uh, is that the Magic need depth. I'm not worried about their starting lineup. Like, yes, you know, could the Magic upgrade a Wendell Carter or Marco Fultz? If the opportunity comes along, as much as we love those guys, could they upgrade a Gary Harris? Sure. As much as we love those guys, if an upgrade comes to those positions, I don't think you say no to it out of hand. Now, I expect the Magic to talk about exten- uh, extension with Marco Fultz. I expect them to talk about extension with Cole Anthony, so I don't think point guard is as dramatic a need. It's it's one of the reasons why I have Asar Thompson above Amen Thompson on my draft board. But... But certainly, uh, um, you know, it's it, 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 if there's an opportunity to upgrade a starting position, you, you, you explore it, you take it, if, it, if it's the right move. Um, but I do think that the Magic, the way Weltman talks, knowing Weltman's history of, of being willing to review the team, give the team a chance to grow, not, you know, acting so hastily to make some major move, I do think that the Magic are more likely to work a little bit more on the margins this offseason. And, and to me... The most important thing the Magic can do this summer is add depth. Why did the Magic fall, fall short this year of the postseason? Injuries killed them. But injuries killed them because 
every piece of the puzzle feels like it's very carefully placed. You, you look at the Clippers and how well they played, and again, they didn't win, but how well they played without Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. That's a team that has belief. That's a team that understands its 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 foundation, understands who it is fundamentally, but also a team that uh, that plays the same way and can fill in when guys get hurt. Um, you look at how Golden State played without Draymond Green. Kevon Looney stepped up and played the Draymond Green role. Uh, that's huge. How Memphis played without John Morant. You look at the successful playoff teams, how Philadelphia closed the game last night without James Harden in the fourth quarter. They have guys who step up. They have guys that, that can play. They go deep into their benches. They have they, There's a confidence because of success, and I think that's a big piece of this puzzle too. The Magic hadn't had success, so guy goes down and it's woe is me. You know, I, you, know you got unproven guys, inconsistent guys trying to step up to the plate. Um, when you're successful, you have confidence about that. You have confidence of in what you're doing, what you're running. That's going to get you good shots regardless of who's playing. And yeah, you're not going to be able to win every game without Draymond Green if you're Golden State or every game without John Morant if you're if you're Memphis, but you can win a game. You can sustain yourself and keep, and, and keep afloat. And, and again, that's, that's sometimes all that matters. Uh, for me, the Magic's big goal this year and where I think they should spend their money is depth. It's, it's having consistency off your bench. You look at the Magic second unit. Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs, they play Franz Wagner with that unit. Jonathan Isaac, who, again, can you, at this point, I don't know if you could fully rely on him to be healthy. Um, you're looking at Chuma Okeke, Bol Bol, and then Goga Batadze or Mo Wagner. Those guys are fine players, but they all have real flaws. Like, you know, the worst defensive center at the rim in the entire league this year. Uh, you know, the numbers say that. He gave up like 79% shooting at the rim. Like he, like in a playoff series, he is getting attacked again and again and again. And if he gets a charge, great. He ain't going to get a charge on every play. You're going to score four out of those five times. And if that one time is a charge or that one time's a miss, you'll live with those odds. You'll live with those percentages. He ain't going to get a charge every time. Um, And so to me, what the Magic need to do is, is, is add more talent but it's more about depth of talent. It's not top-end talent. I'm confident in the Magic's top-end talent right now. Between Franz Wagner and Paolo Bancaro, with Wendell Carter, Marco Fultz behind him, you know, Jalen Suggs, Wendell Carter, Cole Anthony, and that group behind them, I'm confident in those top, how many I named, two, four, seven guys. You know, you're going to run a rotation of nine players. Who are those next two guys? Well, if they're, you know, Gary Harris, he's fine. If it's Bull Bull and Bo Wagner, or Bull Bull and Shimo Keke, or Bull Bull and Jonathan Isaac, right now that's not good enough. So if I'm the Magic, I'm looking to add to my depth. And if and I have to pay overpay a little bit for it, and you're going to add some rookies into this mix too. So, you know, again, this roster is going to get bloated, and there is. It does very much feel like a consolidation trade is somewhere along along the making. Uh, combining two solid bench players like a Gary Harris and someone else uh, for a starter-level guy that upgrades your roster as a whole that definitely feels very much in the cards. But if I'm the Magic, I'm focusing my energy this offseason on adding depth to my team. Making it so I have a 10-deep roster, a bench, that, a bench that I feel very comfortable with that's going to be able to execute at a high level. That's where I put my focus. And depth is to, depth to me is what's holding this team back. The young players are going to figure things out. They're going to learn. They're going to grow. What they need is a roster that can consistently give them space 
shooting again, uh, and consistently put pressure on defenses. And to me, that's where this team has to go next. Part of that was on display through all the playoff games last year. We're going to talk about what we learned from our post from the postseason games last night. We'll get to that coming up here. In and plus to our daily lottery spin, I got an interesting lottery spin for you coming up. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. It's time for a quick word from our friends at eBay. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors with eBay Guaranteed Fit. You can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with more than 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's let's talk about the playoff games last night because obviously we had some really interesting games. Um, you know, Philadelphia taking a 3-0 lead over Brooklyn, Golden State bringing one back against Sacramento to trail 2-1 in that series, and the Phoenix Suns kind of asserting their dominance uh, with a big win over the Clippers to go up 2-1 in that series. Uh, you know, the Philadelphia series to me, again, I, I made this point the other day. Joel Embiid's playing really good basketball. He may not be the leading scorer in that series. He may not be the dominant scorer he was, and he's still a dominant scorer, but he may not be playing at the same numbers he was in the regular season. But I am still just so impressed with the way that Embiid is playing. Um, To me, the difference with this Sixers team compared to previous Sixers teams, again, we'll see how this develops. They're going to have a big series on uh, in the second round against Boston, most likely. Looks like both teams are going to sweep their series. Um... To me, though, what's different about this team compared to previous iterations of Joel Embiid Sixers teams is I feel like Joel Embiid trusts this team. Joel Embiid did not need to take the last shot uh, in that series against Brooklyn. He he certainly did not seem like it felt felt like he needed to have the ball in his hands and be the hero because he knows Tyrese Maxey is there and Tyrese Maxey is playing some great basketball. I know a lot of Magic fans have him on their wish list for this offseason and. You know, I, I wouldn't deny that he'd be a pretty good up. He'd be an upgrade, I think, at, at this at, at, upgrade at the point guard or shooting guard position right now. Um, but Maxi stepped up huge and just played some killer basketball. He scored the five. I think he scored the final ten points of the game for the Sixers. Really big plays, made the go ahead shot. Um, and and again, Embiid still his presence was still felt. He was still setting the screens to get him free. He was still a threat on the block. And of course, he made the big block on Spencer Dinwiddie to preserve that two point lead and make sure Philadelphia wins. So your stars have to show up, but very clearly stars can get made in the playoffs as well. And I think that's a really important thing to remember. Something I talked about yesterday 
about how you need guys that can thrive in that playoff atmosphere that will step up and play big, play bigger than they were when all the attention is put on the star players. Um, the stars have to show up. Don't get me wrong. And be shown up even if his stats say suggest that he's have he's not playing as well. Um, he's shown up and played big. And, and again, I think the trust he has in his teammates has been absolutely critical. Uh, in the Sacramento-Golden State game, uh, I thought that Sacramento just missed shots. Um, I thought that, you know, they're a young team, they're a new playoff team. Starting at home was a big boost for them. I think that er- eliminated some of the nerves and gave them a lot of confidence. On the road against Golden State, they looked a little rattled by the crowd. Um, the Warriors crowd was loud. They brought the ne- they brought the noise. They brought the energy. Uh, I thought that Sacramento looked a little rattled, and, and their shots certainly played that way. Um Sacramento is a heavy three-point shooting team. They're going to have games where they miss threes, and I, and I think that's that's really what happens. So I think we have a series now, and, and I'm interested to see how Sacramento responds in Game Four, um, because that's that's going to be the turning point for them. That's going to be the big thing for them. Uh, in the other game, Phoenix, LA, uh, Phoenix, Phoenix just feels off. Like something's just off about that team. Where you know it, it felt like the entire game, like Phoenix was going to pull away and run away with it. And then the Clippers just kept fighting back. And again, that's who the Clippers are. The Clippers know their identity really, really well. They fight back. They claw their way back into games. And so uh, I was I was happy to see, see LA do that. We know that's who they are. Um, but Phoenix ultimately just, they have the stars right now to pull away. So I think we're all looking forward to the second round series where we're going to see the, you know, see the, the real championship contenders emerge and see, and see who they really are. Let's uh, do our daily lottery spin because I have actually a really interesting lottery spin that I want to go over and talk about. Um, today's lottery spin is as follows. Number four, Detroit. Orlando climbs up to number three. We'll take that. Number two is Houston. And the number one pick, the Chicago Bulls. Um, this is an interesting thought experiment um, that I, I, I like to I would like to posit to Magic fans. So, so let, let me know what you think at R underscore MD. This lottery spin is posted as well uh, at omagicdaily. Um, if the Magic climb into the top four, do you need the Bulls pick at 11? Do you need that Bulls pick lower? Are you okay with the Bulls getting that pick or keeping their pick if the Magic also climb into the top four? It's an unlikely scenario, but it is a scenario that is possible. And clearly we spun it so it, it can happen. Um, to me, actually, I don't mind seeing the pick roll over to next year. Um, would I prefer the Bulls pick four? Absolutely, because I think I, I want them to question their existence and question whether they should move forward, whether they should rebuild. I, I want them to question that because next year's pick is top three protected. So uh, there's a really good chance that the Magic will get it next year. And, and 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 next year's draft, you know, I haven't really looked deep into it, but this year's draft doesn't enamor me a, a lot. Um, you know, again, I still have to do some study. There's some guys that I do like, but this year's draft doesn't like scream to me like, we need two picks in this draft. When the Magic got Franz Wagner, that was a draft where like having two picks was really, really valuable. This year's draft, like even if I'm, I'm skeptical, the Magic would be able to trade around a little bit because there isn't much below them that I'm interested in, and I don't think there's many teams clamoring to trade up. Um, obviously there will be someone. So, so again, you know, I, I, I don't, I, I think trades on draft night are very, very possible. But, um, but. This is a scenario that, that to me is super interesting um, because, again, I, I don't mind punting the pick. And if the Magic can get into the top three, you know, get a Brandon Miller or get a Scoot Henderson. Uh, and in this scenario, Houston would probably take Scoot, I want to say. Maybe they take Brandon. I don't know. I don't know what Houston would do it to. 
Um, but in either case, the Magic will add some top-end talent. And, 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 and getting one of those top three guys, I think, is, is really, really important and valuable. Or, you know, potentially trading back down into, you know, that mid-tier range where they could go get a Taylor Hendricks or go get, uh, go get a Cam Whitmore, go get a Grady Dick. Um, I, I don't think that would be the worst thing, especially if you can add some veteran help. Again, the Magic have the cap room to absorb some salary. Um, you can get some veteran help there. I, I think that would be that would be valuable to you. So, you know, I, I think this is an interesting scenario. I don't. I, I think the Magic would lean towards Scoot over Brandon Miller. I have Scoot ahead of Brandon Miller still on my big board for the Magic. Um, obviously, when Benyama's won, um, I, I think Scoot would add more to this team and and and, and kind of be. A, a more a better fit for this team than Brandon Miller because again the Magic are just so loaded at the forward position. I don't think moving Franz to the two was a smart idea. I think you eliminate a lot of his advantages defensively if you move him to the two full time, even if you do a heavy switching scheme. Uh, so I am not a fan of that. Um, so I I, I I I don't like. I think the Magic do need another big forward off the bench. Uh, again, my big things depth this offseason. Uh, I do think the Magic need another big forward. I think the Magic need a backup center off the bench. But I, I'm not. I mean, if Brandon Miller is the guy, take Brandon Miller. I'm not against taking him at three and figuring that part out later. But I, 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 I think that the Magic have other needs that they really need to address. I think they have a good foundation, and again, they need to be focused on winning. This is a season that's about winning and making the playoffs. So, there's our daily lottery spin. I, I'm not against Chicago getting into the top four. I'm not against punting that pick to next year. I actually think that would that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Uh, but obviously, you don't want Chicago to get too good because you want to get some value out of that pick as well. And again, if Chicago ultimately decides like, hey, we need to completely rebuild and blow up and and risk that, then we'll see. I mean, I think that's what prevented Chicago from blowing things up this year, even though they eventually did make the play-in tournament, did get to the to the sec to the second play-in game. Um, I, I don't think that I, I don't think Chicago is in a position to blow things up quite yet either. Um, I think they got to wait till they give up this magic pick, and then we'll see them detonate the team. Uh, we'll see what happens with Nikola Vucevic. It's not certain that he's going to be back in Chicago as well. So again, you just you just don't know what's going to happen there. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Get your tune in him on Google, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the folks on the podcast to your podcast and listening device. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. We want to thank you again for listening to Locked on Magic throughout the week. If you're an everydayer, we appreciate you especially for tuning in every day. I know I, know I tend to repeat myself sometimes, but that's that's cool. We, we appreciate you everydayers. And if you want to join our Everyday Club, be sure to check out our next episode of Locked on Magic. We're going to talk about the season that Jamal Mosley had, the good and the bad of Jamal Mosley in terms of the season. Next week, we'll also start diving into player evaluations as well as we wrap up our 2023 season. But until then, have a great weekend for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic. This has been Philip Rossman-Reich. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.